man, people are people are kind of bobbing their heads, <laughs> starting to jump around a little bit throughout Central Texas. Put your hands together for Chillin' with Quillen. It is Curtis Quillen, Channel Six's own. And uh, Curtis, we did get a sampling recently, by the way. Matt Lively uh, made his foray into the uh, onto the Matt Mosley show. And certainly a man that uh, has a huge passion for golf, and I needed some golf talk and all of that. But he did a he did a nice job. So Curtis, you continue to to hire really uh, talented folks. I'm I'm excited. Matt did a really nice job. He does a really nice job for us at Channel Six, and we're excited to see our department continue to grow here in the next few weeks as we get ready for football season. We're only what a month out from Big Twelve Media Day, so. We're only a month out from the soft opening of football season. Hard to believe, right? Yeah, and I know we can't plan around everything in life, but I will be on a trip, sadly, during the uh, during those media days, and uh, I, I'm not always consulted on exactly when these things are planned, and, and uh, so that, that's just going to have to happen. But uh, Now, Curtis, do you have any insight as we get a little closer to Finding out who the new commissioner is, do you are, are any is any are you hearing any buzz? Is any is anybody is any uh, you heard any traction for any of these names that have been out there, or uh, are we just kind of all in the dark right now? I think we're all in the dark right now. I see some national reports that uh, they're going to go with someone external, but I kind of figured that that was the case from a conversation I had with Lawrence Skovanek. Uh, the chair of the Big 12 Board of Directors and the president of Texas Tech University uh, several weeks ago, shortly after the commissioner announced that he would step down. Um, and so I never really got the I never really got the notion that they were going to move one of the Big 12's presidents to that role because I think college athletics has changed so rapidly in the past, you know, 12 to 15, even uh, 18 months that it just didn't make sense to go with someone who had been in the traditional college athletic circle their entire career and was still trying to navigate the same issues as everybody else. That doesn't really help to, uh, to, it doesn't really help in said navigation. If the person leading you doesn't really know what, how to handle it either, you know? Yeah. I think that's uh, I think that's accurate. I mean, it's going to take a unique individual. I, I think the commissioner's job is, is remains a better job than being president of the NCAA. I do think yes. that is true. But um, but I would the say the NCAA, you're a human punching bag. You're the guy who has to well, take the fall for all of the presidents and ads who don't whose wants can't be made public, and so you have to be like that's who the commissioner works for. And so, like every you know, Mark Emmert was really bad in the public eye because he made because the NCAA could not find its path. But at the end of the day, if you understand what that NCAA president job is, he did that job perfectly. Well, just be a be a uh, whipping boy, I guess so. Pretty much. Although it, I would, I think it might be not a bad thing to follow somebody who is universally as hated as much as Mark Emmert, because even some of the people, you know, even the people like in the business, like the presidents and the ads, I don't think were ever singing his praises. So 
it might be a nice time to follow him. Curtis Quillen, Channel 6, NBC, uh, joining us. And, Curtis, we're the home to championships. I mean, there may, we need, may need Central Texas, may need a kind of a new slogan or something because China Springs, you know, football state title. And then Valley Mills uh, goes and gets this uh, baseball state title. And, by the way, China Spring was uh, – was right there, uh, you know, sitting there ready to get one. And and it just, just barely came up short. We had Coach Lopez on yesterday. Uh, first of all, Curtis, a word, if you would, on, uh, on Valley Mills, what they were able to accomplish, especially taking out a team that had a spotless record. I mean, you in baseball, you're going to have a bad day somewhere. And... Right. The bad day for that team came when they ran into Valley Mills. Yep. And, you know, I don't even think, you know, I saw Valley Mills against Bosqueville last week. And the way that Valley Mills beat Bosqueville Thursday night in game one of that regional final had uh, a lot of us in the press box talking about, man, this could this could be a sweep. We could be standing here talking to Valley Mills tomorrow night about, you know, clinching a spot at state. And that wound up being what happened. Um, and I think it became very clear that, you know, if they beat Bosqueville the way they did, who's going to beat this team, right? Like, we're talking about a team that I believe only had two losses on the season and both were to Bosqueville during the regular season. They vegged both of those. And so um, a really good ball club. And what they did, and the run they made, you know, because so much ink was spilt and so many words were spoken um, about the Bulldogs and their bid to get back to the state tournament, you know, I think it gave Valley Mills this uh, this ability to kind of go under the radar, especially not just within its own region, but in, in Class 2A. And so I know I certainly um, didn't see this coming when the season started. I thought we would be in for a really good regional final. But, man, I think the Eagles shocked everybody outside of their, their own town, and I mean that in a good way. And what they, what they did in Round Rock uh, yesterday was uh, nothing short of exceptional um, and deserves to be celebrated, and they have earned this. That, that was not an easy two-way state tournament bracket. It just wasn't. Uh, you hold off a really good new home squad, and then you beat a really good Shiner team, uh, Garrison, which always seems to be a threat in its own region there in region three uh, was back in round rock again. And so, you know, whoever won that four, that two a bracket was going to have been tested in round rock to do it. Um, and to be able to see Cooper Ewing have to leave the game because of cramps, the way he fought back onto the mound to win it. I mean, that's, that's the stuff of legends, Matt. It just is, it, and it's awesome. And uh, you know that town and that county has seen some uh, seen some heartbreak recently, and now they get you know something positive to celebrate. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up uh, Cooper Ewing. Uh, without the, even the shots that y'all had on uh, the TV and out there on social media of him being helped off the field uh, in, in, with his teammates, uh, even post celebration. Uh, I, I think uh, I think it was uh, tremendous, and also and also by the way, a word on Abbott making it as far as uh, 
as it did. That, that was, I mean, they, that team just ran into a buzzsaw. And I think that was, uh, what do we call them, DeHannis that they uh, that they ran into. And that may be kind of in your part of the world out there, uh, uh, mm-hmm. you know, somewhere in the in the shadows of San Antonio. But what a what a uh, what a season for Abbott as well. So I think job well done when you can send uh, three of your folks from uh, from Central Texas. You know, a lot of times people from the Metroplex or Houston in certain uh, sports can be very dominant. But uh, we're talking about from a and it's a large region, but it's still pretty amazing that um, that many uh, excellent high level baseball teams broke through. So I think it's something we can take a lot of pride in here in Central Texas. Oh, for sure. And you add in softball. I mean, how many teams in softball were in the regional final? You had Lorena, you had Lake Belton, you had uh, Crawford and Axel. And so obviously of those four, you can only get up to three to state. And the one that did get across that bridge uh, was able to win it all. And then, you know, you look at another one of those four that gets to that level and it's Lake Belton, who still doesn't have any, any seniors on campus right now. And, you know, they finally will come August. And so, I think baseball, softball, I mean, it's up there with football. The level of play in this area of the state, just unbelievable. Uh, Abbott, like you said, ran into a buzzsaw. I don't think anybody was beating DeHannis. Uh, You know, the Cowboys and the Cowgirls have swept the baseball and softball titles for two years now in Class 1A. And so it's almost like when Mart was in the midst of that streak of state championships and that streak of state championship appearances, what was it? Four straight births at state, three state titles in a row before losing to Winthorpe. You know, it's, you know, okay, it's Mart until it's not. Well, I think at this point in one, a it's the Hannes until it's not. And Abbott just ran into a team that happened to be cooking like nobody else. I mean, when you, get dominated like that on that kind of stage part of it is you don't play well and they didn't but the other part of it is just the other team is that much better and so celebrate the wins I mean Abbott got to that stage for a reason Abbott did not lose a game to a 1A opponent all season until it got to Round Rock and that is a feat in itself and it was as tested as anybody in the classification um, it opened the season with a 9-9 tie to the team that lost to DeHannis in the regional final. And so that's, that speaks to how good DeHannis is. And it speaks to, yes, Abbott was really good. DeHannis was just better. And it was just better by a wider margin on the day of the semifinal. And then China Spring, man. The heartbreak that Braden Faulkner and Jesse Lopez went through when, when Faulkner got plunked in the seventh instead of having an opportunity to get a hit with the game winning, with him representing the game winning run at the plate in the seventh inning, two outs, full count. Man, that, that is one of those moments as a kid you dream of, whether you wind up pursuing baseball or not. You know, late game, only down one or tie game and the ball's in your hands. And in this case, it was the bat was in Braden Faulkner's hands. I know the Cougars were heartbroken about it. And I, and I know that, you know, Lopez mentioned it after the game. Yeah, I would have loved to see, you know, Faulkner not get hit and have a chance to hit the ball. Um, but that's not what happened. Um, and so you have to wonder, was that just a really sloppy pitch from the Argyle pitcher, or was it calculated? Was it uh, – and I'm not saying like calculated like, oh, my God, I'm going to bean this guy. But, like, 
Faulkner's a clutch dude. Like, you know, if I throw one inside and it just happens to graze him enough to put him on base, like, okay, we still get another batter, you know? And so that's my thought. That's what I, that's where my mind goes. But Argyle, you look at what Argyle did yesterday and Sinton was, it it was kind of like the Hannes in one a Sinton was just on another level in class four a uh, Adrian Alanis comes and wins a state championship for the first time at Stinton since he played and wore the colors in 2002. Um, and on the field where he helped lead the Longhorns to the 2005 national championship. And so like sometimes storylines just there's every reason it's because there's, you know, sports are magical like that. And it just—it sucks to be on the other side of some of these amazing stories. It all—it it just does. And I don't know that that will ever change. But I also think it's what makes some of these sports so unbelievably fun. Well, Curtis, uh, you make this segment unbelievably fun, and uh, we appreciate you. And we wish you—I—I—I uh, I, I hate to say it—you're uh, still allowed to do chilling with Quillen next week if you'd like. But I think you're going to be extremely busy. So let me uh, let me let me wish you a very happy uh, wedding day. It's coming up, and um, there'll be uh, lots of Oklahoma State pokes probably milling around. But uh, any any uh, final arrangements? Is everything taken care of? Are, are you uh, are you being called upon for any any last minute uh, activities, or do you feel like everything's going to come together just fine? You know, everything's coming together pretty well. Uh, We had one little situation pop up that we were able to resolve. It was just that, uh, you know, a payment got lost in the mail going down to to the San Antonio area. And so we were able to figure that out. And uh, that's something I was, that's a fire I was putting out earlier today. But no, I'm really excited. This is going to be a lot of fun. Um, I get, you know, it's a week from today. I tie the knot and then, uh, I believe the joke that I've made here at the station is, uh, you know, next Friday my tax filing status changes, and so um, it'll be it'll be a lot of fun. I'm excited. Uh, Shannon's unbelievable, and she's been working really hard on some of the details uh, with her being out for the summer, and so you know this is this is a, an exciting time for the Quillen family. You know, I get married next next week, and my brother leaves for medical school next month, and so my parents are, I think my parents are on cloud nine and just ready to celebrate with everybody. And, I know I'm excited to be done planning a wedding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I bet. And uh, appreciate you asking me to DJ the wedding. I'll be there, kind of on the, you know, uh, got a lot of tunes planned. I think it'll. I think everybody will really enjoy it. All right, Curtis, we will give you that week off, and perhaps even you know the honeymoon. I don't know what the, all that will entail, but uh, uh, whenever you're whenever you're ready, uh, you can come back to chilling with Quillen. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good, Matt. Appreciate it. There he goes, Curtis Quillen, chilling with Quillen. We do it on Fridays, and Curtis is uh, is about to get married. So so exciting, and uh, his uh, wife has done most of the uh, heavy lifting. Uh, and as Curtis uh, goes up and and does all his uh, his uh, nightly uh, uh, anchor work. All right, it's uh, Matt Mosley's show. Uh, and we are pleased to be with you. Next, we have Campus Confidential. What does Aaron Sexton have in store for us? Find out next. Recently on Game Time, from the Dallas Cowboys broadcast team, Kyle Yeoman.